Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brennan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Going YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Fit Podcast. You've made it to another episode. We've got a brand new week here on the show. Another good race to recap, despite what Connor may say. But before we get started with that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Washington on the Daily and Instagram account dedicated to covering the Washington football team. It is a fantastic, fantastic account. I follow them as a Washington fan. Uh, The the Washington Commanders, proud owners of Carson Wentz. Yay. Uh, Connor is going to be laughing at me for for months and months now. But uh, one of the fastest growing fan accounts on Instagram. Go check him out. It's at WSH on the daily. Go check him out on Instagram. Also, go check out Circle B Diecast, Plan B Sales, a Website with the best NASCAR merchandise with everything you can think of, die cast, shirts, sweatshirts, hats, everything you need to be prepared for this season. So go over to their website and get something you want to wear or show and uh, use promo code QUICKPIT, all capitals, no spaces, on any order, $20 or more to get free shipping back to your house. So go get, some, go get you guys some gear before uh, the season gets too far underway. And of course, as always, stick around for the final segment where we will talk, or we will talk, where Eric will give us uh, his fantasy picks and predictions for this weekend. You don't want to miss, and I, as the defending race winner, for uh, uh, I'm cutting into Connor's lead. Uh, Connor started out good first couple weeks of the year, but um, I won this week at Phoenix, had the most points, and I'm starting to catch up already. But without further ado, oh, wait, I, I got to tell you guys about this. So um, I was perusing Craigslist this afternoon and lo and behold, looking for some maybe some die casts some, some old cool NASCAR merch nearby uh, to, to pick up for cheap. And lo and behold, I see a listing for and this is only like 15 minutes away from from me, uh, some from me and Connor. Some guy selling a nationwide car, a, a number two Penske Miller Lite, the, the uh, blue scheme from like 2007, 2008, 2009 um, on a nationwide car. I did look. Nobody actually ran the scheme. So it's either been rewrapped or it was a show car, but it's legit. It has the seat, the wheels, the, the Goodyear tires, and it's only $3,500. I'm trying. Do you know what else it doesn't have? What? It doesn't have an engine. doesn't have a transmission. It doesn't have anything under the hood. It's still super cool, Connor. I'm not considering buying it. I'm just oh, uh, at oh, least Oh, don't outright. take it that far. Don't I'm take it that cons- far. I got I'm a not- text saying, will you be willing to split it with me? <laughs> I. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I'm not willing to... I'm not going to pay the whole price, but if I could get like, if we could get like four people together, we want to split the cost, right? 
and we had somewhere to store it, and then we can all say that we own a race car. Um, and then we could put an, an engine in a transmission and maybe we can make it run at least to drive around on the streets. All right, wh- whatever. L- let's get into recapping this past weekend's race at uh, at Phoenix and stop talking about a stupid little car that Ethan's uh, obsessed with. We'll start off with the top 10 coming in, coming home in 10th place, 17 car, Chris Busher. A good run for the 17 team with RFK Racing. Um, snuck in there at the very end on that late race restart and was able to use his fresh new year, new tires and get himself a top 10. Yes. Um, now he did have a little bit of help and that help was in Daniel Suarez punting Austin Dillon in the final corner of the race, sending Dillon into the wall and removing him from the top 10. I don't think Suarez did it intentionally, but still ruined a good day for Austin Dillon, who's going to finish with the top 10. Instead, Suarez gets a top 10 and Chris Busher also snuck in there. Um, but Suarez, second top 10 of the year, track house as a whole has looked really, really fast. And so, I mean, I, I think they're for real, Connor. I, I really think they are here to stay, and they're going to be a very competitive team this year. Yeah, I think a lot of people agree with you on that one. Coming up in eighth place at 22 car for Penske Racing, Joey Logano. Uh, just seemed to be around um, there all day in the late, the back end of the top 10 and finished with an eighth place finishing spot for Joey Logano. Kyle Busch finishes seventh in a very deceiving paint scheme. I thought he was Christopher Bell all day long. DeWalt, stop doing that. Keep it on the bell. Keep M&Ms on Bush. Don't shift it around with the same exact paint scheme. It's confusing. Uh, but anyway, Kyle Busch finishes seventh after apparently having a very poor race overall. Sneaks in. Uh, I, I hear he was not happy on the uh, on the radio for much of the race, but goes and grabs himself a top 10, salvages his day. Coming home in sixth place, the four car of Kevin Harvick. And he was up front at point to the race, seemed to have a very good long run, long run car. And we all knew coming into this weekend that he was going to be really good. He's broke. He is tied for number one on a track that he has most consecutive top tens. He has 18 consecutive top tens at Penske, I mean, at Phoenix. And he joins, he joins elite company in Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt to be the only other drivers to have a racetrack where they finished 18 consecutive races there in the top 10. Pretty cool to see. He was in the top five all day long. He was the th- third best car for much of the race. Got shuffled a little bit on the last couple of restarts, but still with a very solid finish. Coming in fifth, the most surprising guy in this top 10, Kurt Busch. He ran like 13th all day, and you look up on the last lap, and he's making the pass on Kevin Harvick for fifth place. Kurt Busch gets his first top five for 23-11 with a very good run. I, Kurt Busch is so good at just grabbing finishes, right, and, and racking up points, and he, he's just he's, he's super talented at that. Coming home in the fourth place finishing spot, the 12 car Ryan Blaney, the best car this weekend. One qualifying started on the pole, um, and he was up front for pretty much the whole entire race, it felt like. And then at the very end, you had the three young guns who we'll get to here in a second, uh, finishing above him. But he was the best car on track this weekend, and it's um, it was fun to watch him uh, going around the racetrack real quick. Coming in third, Tyler Reddick. Gets a top five, leads no laps, but had 
a real shot at winning the race at the end. Tyler Reddick, I guarantee you, will win a race, if not multiple, this year. I, it, it's a given at this point. Um, also, Connor, I think, I think you remember in your preseason uh, uh, hot takes. Mm-hmm. You remember what one of yours was? What was it? Three first-time winners. We've already mm-hmm. had two. Mm-hmm. Two in the first four races. We'll get to that in a minute, but um, that's that's going to be interesting. Uh, but Tyler Reddick, phenomenal run. Couldn't quite grab the win at the end, but still a very good race. Cutting in second. Ross Chastain, in the watermelon man. Didn't get to see him smash a watermelon yet, but I think that will be coming soon. As as you mentioned earlier, Trackhouse as a whole has been super quick this this season, and Ross Chastain has finished third, second, He's got to get to that first place. He's going to get there at some point. It seems in the very near future, but a second place for Ross Chastain and Team Jackhouse. Yep, he is, like you said, he is so close to that win. He's going to get it here very, very soon. Coming in first, driver of the 14 car, owner of a very rapidly receding hairline, Chase Briscoe wins the race, (laughs) leads 101. You just roasted a guy that won his first NASCAR Cup Series race. You're supposed, you're supposed to be congratulating him and be happy for him, not roasting his hairline. But yes, I do agree. Maybe they should just put a hat in the hat in the car just in case he wins again. Just throw the hat on and just kind of cover it up because um, it was really bad with the wind. But you can't just roast the guy for winning his first Cup Series race. Come on. Why not? That 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 goes up there on the list of greatest <laughs> greatest hits. <laughs> That'll uh, hello to everyone listening at the end of the 2022 season in our recap segment because that is definitely making it on there. Connor, write that down. Okay, as I was saying, Chase Briscoe, <laughs> first career win in the Cup Series. Honestly. He dominated. He went out there and got that win. He led over 100 laps, to uh, mostly in the final stage. Grabs his first career win, first win of the year for Stuart Haas Racing. That beautiful Mahindra Tractors car. I might have to buy that die cast. Um, but, you know, it, I think Briscoe, Briscoe is the real deal. And I know we've said this a lot on the podcast, but he... We're just, we were waiting for him to break out, waiting for him to gain some traction. And this year he already was with a couple solid finishes and good runs. Uh, He led some laps at Fontana, finished top five at Daytona. But, you know, this could be a very good sophomore season for for Briscoe. Could you see? Because it's not like he won on a road course or a super speedway, a short track. He went out on one of the tracks, that the, the track type style of racing that's the bread and butter of the NASCAR schedule. And he got a win in a big way, not some Cole Custer type win. He went and got it, or Alex Bowman type win. He <laughs> uh, he he grabs he grabs the win, dominating fashion. Could you see another two, three wins this year for Chase Briscoe? Yeah, I mean, I think we all knew coming into this season that he was that second second or third driver you could throw him with Eric Amaral in there. And we all knew storehouse racing as a whole was good, had to be better than they were last year. Last year was awful. And we all knew Briscoe had talent. And we all knew he struggled in his rookie year and storehouse struggled as a whole last year. I think we all knew he was going to be more that, – that car was going to be more competitive. And then when the new car came, you're like, all right, this is going to be more equal for everyone. So everyone has a chance. 
with those two factors, I was like, Brisco, I, I had this in my playoff predictions. Brisco's going to win a race. And I said road courses. You know, he's just good at road courses. But I'm not surprised that he went out and won with top-tier equipment. He's a good driver, doesn't put the car in trouble a lot of the time. I'm not surprised he went out there and dominated that last restart, didn't miss a shift, didn't miss anything with Phoenix being a big shifting track. And ace two, three, four laps, uh, whatever, ended up being on the last restart. I'm not surprised he did that. He's a great talent. Stuart Haas Racing's back. Kevin Harvick finished in the top 10. Eric Amarola lost his streak, but he had three top 10 start the season. You know, Cole Costa will find his groove at some point. But I'm Custer, not surprised. All of them, all of them were in the top 16. Custer finished 16th, Amarola 12th. And Amarola was top 10 for a good portion of the day, too. Just kind of got shuffled on the last restart. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised about this, and um, with him now winning so early in the season, who knows what could happen? He could win another race. He could win another two races. Um, and that's what I. That's what I'm really looking forward to. And now that we've had four races and four different winners, and two of them are new time winners, this is what we were. This is what we were looking for as fans, as NASCAR, for the whole field to be more competitive and more closer in times uh, practices and qualifying and just better racing. And we've seen that we've seen it great racing. The first four races we've seen anybody can win. And for three different teams, four different drivers on, and two of those drivers are first time winners. Um, I think the sport's going in a great direction with the new young talent um, and I, I, I just think this is great for everyone involved on um, in this whole thing. And that brings up the next point. This, there could, I think there's going to be 16 plus winners, 16 or 16 or 17 winners. I will not be surprised because you have guys that are, you know, are going to win. Elliot's going to get a win. Shrooks is going to win. Get a win. No, he isn't. Besides, besides Ethan's point, but Kyle Busch is going to get a win. These guys that are veterans of the sport are going to get wins because they're just good. But then you have young guns like Chastain and even Suarez and Reddick. They're gonna get. They have to get wins. They've been too good not to. And this is my point. And then you'll have like a surprise winner that you didn't see coming. So I I really like how this season's going so far, and I I can't wait to watch more. I mean, logically, you look at it. You have you have Logano and Blaney. They're gonna win at some point. You have Elliott and Byron. They're gonna win. You can look at how fast Tyler Reddick has been. He's going to get a win. All four, probably, or at least three of the four Gibbs cards, because there's always someone that underwhelms before the Mm -hmm. playoffs, and my pick for that is Truex. But three of the Gibbs cards, are at least three, are going to get a win. So you're up to eight already, plus the four we have. And then you could easily see Chastain winning. You could see Reddick win. Oh, I already said Reddick. You could see Dylan winning. You can see Almarola grabbing a win. He, he did it last year. You could Kevin look Harvick. at Harvick. Both the Roush cars have had enough speed, especially on the super speedways, that you could see a win from them. There's so many guys in the field. I mean, Eric Jones. Let's not forget, even though he's crashed both of the last two weeks, before the crash, he was running top 15, top 10. I mean, mm-hmm. Eric Jones has had a lot of speed. I, I really would not be shocked to see him grab a win. Could would you be surprised by like like a colleague win because those cars have been pretty surprisingly fast so far this year? I mean, there's yeah, so I, many options. Anybody can win because of the new car. There's new talents. These this field is more stacked than I've ever seen it before. 
you have even guys like Justin Haley, who was good at the clash. Yes, he struggled in the first couple regular season races, but he's, there's brand new teams in the sport that are fully invested and want to win races. And they have the young talent, the veterans of the sport that are going to win or are going to be close to winning in a year or two. And then another factor is you have so many different types of racetracks, road courses. You have a dirt race in a couple of weeks here. And then you have super speedways, mile and a half. Like you have so much, so much variety here. And I, I love what NASCAR has done this year. And I, 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 as I said earlier, I just can't wait to keep watching. It's, it's great for the sport and um, I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah. Here, let me read you something here, or I, I guess it's a kind of a stat. Um, do you know who Anand Mahindra is, Connor? No. He is the owner, CEO, or, or I guess chairman of the Mahindra Group, which owns Mahindra Tractors. Chase Briscoe sponsor this weekend. 8.9 million Twitter followers. You know how many times he's tweeted about Chase since they won on, 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 on Sunday? How many? Six times. And that's what I love. I love that. I love uh, sponsors. I feel like sponsors are more wanting, like are more into it with a certain driver than ever. I mean, I know I really, I, I follow Ally Racing on Instagram and just seeing the stuff they post out, like Bowman's doing like, like advertising, not even with the sport, but like just for Ally as a company, like they're doing things that if the driver is fully invested in helping a sponsor, like, like taking, taking on a sponsor and putting it on a car is one thing you have to represent that sponsor. And for drivers, I've seen, I mean, I, I love Gregson and I watch Gregson all the time. Every interview, Fox is probably annoyed at this point. He shouts out every single one of his sponsors and names every owner of the sponsor, the CEO, chairman, whatever. Like it is, the drivers have taken on from all three series and like have really supported their sponsors, I feel like more than ever. Yeah, you look at, I mean, you look at Michael McDowell, right? Which I will admit, not a top tier team. Sponsored by Loves. You walk into a Loves Travel Stops. Fantastic facilities. Super clean bathrooms. Awesome. All over that store. Please sponsor us. All over that store, you've got pictures and posters on the screens with the menus. There's slides in between the menus and food picture slides. It's like, congrats, Michael McDowell, on making the playoffs. Congrats on your win. Or, you know, like, watch this Sunday. It's like when a sponsor is advertising their driver and when the driver is is, is set up with them and, and works together with them it, it just works so much better and and that's i mean look connor when we go up to to pocono or not pocono when we go to, to watkins Glen this summer we're gonna stop at the loves travel stops to support a nascar sponsor right yeah and then i can see if uh, your theory on how clean their bathrooms are all right but yeah i, I get your point <laughs> So, so it's like, but, but here's the interesting thing. So I was reading about reading more about Mahindra. Um, you know, it was, it kind of came out of nowhere when they announced their sponsorship of Briscoe, but they, I think they've been on the car every race this year, all four mm-hmm. races so far. Mm-hmm. So Briscoe historically in his career has not had much sponsorship. 
Um, there, there's a lot of articles. Jeff Buck has an article on The Athletic about how many, just how many things had to break right. And I think he mentioned it in his post-race interview. Just how many things had to break right for him to get to the Cup Series, get to Stuart Haas Racing. Um, he, he's been so, so lucky. And now he's a company that is completely invested in him. I mean, he's set for as long as he wants at Stuart House Racing, as long as he keeps performing. But Mahindra has been wanting to get into the sport for years, and just about every major team in the Cup Series pitched themselves to Mahindra. That's how big this company is. Like, this is an international company. This isn't just Ally or Home Depot or Lowe's or, or M&M's or, or mostly American companies. This is an international huge corporation and, and and they pick briscoe and, and they've got briscoe for the driver obviously they're very happy um go check out anand mahindra on twitter it's cool reading the tweets what he's saying and how happy he seems about this win but this is very promising i think for the sport oh and also the tv ratings came out today nascar once again top watched thing on tv overall over the weekend which is very promising yeah and i it's cool to see. It really, really is. Going back to Phoenix, um, I might have voted no on Jeff Gluck's is this a good race poll because I was kind of basing it off of the previous three weeks. And I'm like, oh, this race was kind of a stinker and it was kind of worse than the other three weeks. And then Ethan kind of was like yelling at me over text messages. I'm like, maybe I didn't do it wrong. But I think it's in between. I could go yes, I could go no. Ethan, of course, is going to go yes. But our poll that we run every week either right after the race or on Monday this week, the results were actually what I kind of thought they were going to be. And I'm glad you guys kind of thought with me for five stars, 18%, four stars, 36%. And three stars was the winner, 45%. And I, I, I agree with there. It's in between. Is it good or is it bad? That three, three out of five ish range. And I think the results came back good, and I, I agree with her. I think that's the right, right, right judgment for this race. Overall, I would say yes. It, it definitely, if you're comparing it to Vegas and Fontana, then it's a bad race. But if you're looking at just overall, I mean, I was entertained. There was enough passing throughout the field. Uh, sometimes Phoenix, I, I think Phoenix is just kind of. Phoenix is overall just kind of meh, and you need something special to happen to make it good. And in my eyes, Briscoe winning a couple exciting late race restarts and drama at the end, that was enough to push it to the good side for me. But I will agree. I think it's the worst race so far this year, but in a vacuum, it's a good race. Yeah, I think that's where people will kind of go with this race when they uh, try to grade it or whatever. A couple notable finishes or things that occurred during the race. 34th finishing spot for Kyle Larson had an engine problem. Uh, middle of stage three. Um, worried, a little worried there for the other HMS guys, but nothing came of that. Um, other wrecks, as you said earlier, Eric Jones wrecked hard into the outside wall. He finished 25th. And Martin Trucks Jr. also wrecked hard, finishing in 35th. And then another little interesting thing here, Corey LaJoy went hard into the wall. His tire ended up coming off, and – you know, I've seen that a couple of times where there's loose tires off the car. Um, but I think that's just the things you're going to learn with the new car and stuff. And um, I think people will fix it as time goes on. But can we finish with the best part of the race, as Ethan calls them, Shifty Dennis 
finishes 13th and doesn't get a top 10 yet this year. Would you say going into this season, you thought Denny Hamlin four races in wouldn't have a top 10? I think that's crazy. I'm shocked. That it, and, you know, maybe maybe it's in his head. Maybe Bowman's got in his head. Um, and we can we can thank uh, we can thank Alex Bowman for for messing Denny up. But, you know, I think he will recover. This happened last year for a couple drivers. Um, who was it last year? I want to say like Ryan Blaney had a really poor start to the year last year and he recovered and he did just fine overall. So he'll still get, go and get a win. Uh, although the Toyotas looked very slow and they, and they recovered for a couple nice finishes at the end with, um, with uh, Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch getting top tens. Um, but overall the Toyotas have not been super impressive to me so far this year. I think definitely they're the slowest of the next gen cars. And, you know, maybe that's also impacting Denny's finishes. Yeah. I, going into this weekend, I, you know, was thinking, you know, Friday or Saturday, I was like, it's interesting about the season. I was like, yeah, Toyota's kind of been the slower of the three manufacturers. And then Saturday qualifying came around and the Toyotas were like super fast. And I'm like, oh, great. This is going to be one of those Toyota races. And then Denny had that pit road speeding penalty early, and he could just never get back because he qualified second. He was on the front row with one of the fastest cars on, from qualifying, had that pit road speeding penalty, and never got even back into the top 10 at any point of the race, which I just think from a veteran's, you know, crazy. I think that just also shows the new car not being kind of an equal equalizer there. But Kyle Busch kind of finished where he qualified. Um, but it just, I thought they were going to be better. You even had Christopher Bell being really good in qualifying. I just thought they were going to be better this week, um, from qualifying. And then when looking at the results now, it's kind of a disappointment if I'm looking back for Toyota. So, uh, we'll see if they can rebound this weekend in Atlanta, but, um, kind of a little bit worried there for Denny Hamlin and the Toyota group as they've started off the season pretty slow. Yep. All right, let's go into some other uh, the, the other races the, in, during the weekend, the ARCA and Xfinity race. Um, first of all, the uh, after after the tragedy that happened last week, um, where DGR's hauler crashed um, and the driver was killed. Um, shoot, I, I, I'm stalling because I want to make sure I get the right. One, Taylor Gray, his brother Tanner Gray is in the truck series. Taylor Gray for DGR, the car that was in the truck that crashed, uh, wins the race, uh, honors honors uh, Stephen Stotts posthumously. And, you know, it feel good moment, I guess, to see them get a win after a tragedy that week. Um, and, and so and they had a very, very fast car. And he earned it, too. I uh, was watching the highlights at the end and. Had a late race caution, was leading, was going to win the race. And when the caution came out, I was like, a, like, oh, come on, we we're this close. And he ran away with it on the restart. So it was very cool to see that happen. And, um, yeah, it, it, was, it was a very cool moment. The other yes. winner this week. Oh, I was going to set you up. You just jumped right into it. Yeah. In the Xfinity Series, the best driver in the Xfinity Series this year, who is going to be in the championship for is going to win the championship this, this year to move up and cup this uh, next year is going to be the rookie of the year next year. Noah Gregson wins at Phoenix. He 
finished third in Daytona, second at Fontana, second, second last week, second at Auto Club, and he gets first place here at Phoenix. Won stage two, lost stage one by nose. Um, but wow, this is great. I was a little worried there because he seemed like he didn't have a car that was going to you know run away with it, but I knew he had a fast car. And let's just say he has the best burnouts in NASCAR in all three levels. He climbs the fence as tradition, which is the best celebration. It's Brad and Carl, Carl Edwards backflip. It, and when he wins, he burns the car down until the back tires are falling apart. And for the second time in his career, he had a fire, uh, had a tire catch on fire. And of course, he did the little, little fire. He needed to warm up his hands after uh, smoking all of his opponent opponents. Um, had his crew chief uh, there with him. So great to see Noah get his first win of the season, and he is on a tear to start the season with four top threes, four top threes, unheard of in the sport. Great for Noah. Uh, and hopefully he goes here and wins in Atlanta this coming weekend. This feels like a Chase Briscoe situation from a couple years ago where it doesn't look like there's any rides available for him. And he needs, like, if he's going to get move up to cup, he needs to get seven, eight, nine wins. And I think Gregson 100% is able to do that this year. I think it's, it's, it's now cemented that it's between him and Ty Gibbs for the title with Justin Allgaier kind of in there but you know overall fantastic drive by Greg's and he was really fast it was cool to see him pull that off and where does he where does he go if he goes out and you know keeps this up and he needs and he's gonna he needs to be in the cup series I'm thinking well, does he does does he go to if Hendrick Motorsports wants to keep the four with I mean you could say Bowen but would you risk losing? I guess you had a best pro shop, but would you risk losing ally support? I'm looking, maybe it does that colleague, you know, colleague is a Chevrolet team. Does that second car want to become full-time with Gregson in it? Does, does RCRC and ending with Dylan? If he struggles this year, what do you think, Ethan? Dylan's never getting kicked out. He's going to drive for RCR until he's 43 or whatever. And he'll pick up like seven, eight wins in that span. He's never leaving RCR. He's he's the golden boy. And you know what? That's all right. He's going to be consistent. He's going to get a win every now and then. I, If you asked me yesterday, if we were recording yesterday, um, I would say he'd go to the eight and with the assumption that Reddick would move to someplace like Penske or Haas, um, where like ha, uh, Pen, yeah, Reddick as Almirola's replacement possibly. Um, I feel like that would have been an option, but they just announced Richard Childress just announced today on Tuesday, March 15th at 6.08. That's your time check. Um, that Reddick is locked in for 2023 with RCR in the eight car. So nothing's changing next year for the, for him. I would say maybe this is what prompts uh, junior motorsports to jump to cup. They go and grab a charter. They hop up um, with support from Hendrick, and you can have, I mean, Gregson in the 88 car. That would be pretty pretty dope. Or, yeah, like you said, they could also next year make – put two full-time drivers in the colleague cars and then have 
like a third open car for Almendinger when he wants to run races. So I think I think Colleague is probably the most likely option at this point for, yeah, for I Greg. I, I agree with you. I think I think this is a good opportunity for junior motorsports to jump off. They've been talking about it for years. If they do that, Gregson goes with up, obviously. If they don't, I think he goes to 16 because this weekend Gregson is running in the 16 car uh, for Atlanta. So a little interesting there to keep a watch out. You'll have uh, Gregson in the 16 this weekend at Atlanta, but um, you'll hear all of our Atlanta preview coming up in the third segment. You want to move on to our interview, Connor? We've got a pretty big one this week. Yes, and I, I can't wait for this to drop. We're recording this on the 15th. You'll hear this on the 17th, but I am so excited for you guys to listen to this. It is um, one of our biggest interviews yet. Um, brand new team in the sport, brand new driver, brand new owner, brand new everything. Newest team in NASCAR joins a quick pit podcast coming up next. Welcome back to the Quick Tip Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, joined as always by Connor. And today we have two very special guests on the show this week. We have John Stange, the owner of the brand new Cup Series team, Team Stange Racing, and their driver, Tarso Marquez. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Great here, too. And hey, right, Ethan, awesome. just, Ethan, just to tell you, it's pronounced Stang, like Mustang. Oh. Like must, yep. yep. I didn't even think of checking that before we recorded, but uh, Mustang. <laughs> all right, all right. That's that's easy to remember because your team drives Mustangs. Um, so we'll get started right away with the with the interview. In the past, John, you, your team has competed in. You've been involved in multiple different teams. They've competed in ARCA, IndyCar. You ran the Indy Five Hundred in twenty nineteen. Why did you choose to to jump into NASCAR, and, and why now? What factored into that decision? I'll tell you, I'll, uh, I'll tell you the, the, the whole story. Um, we originally set out to do, uh, to do an IndyCar program. We were going to uh, carry on from our momentum in 2019 when we did the Indy 500. And unfortunately, COVID happened. We lost the sponsor that we had um, coming out of uh, India 19. And then um, in 2021, early 2021, I was able to... Uh, connect with the Dignity Gold Group. And we started our talks then about putting together a full-time IndyCar program. And uh, we were all set to go. And the, with the, all the supply chain issues and all the problems, we were unable to get our motors from uh, General Motors, from Chevrolet. Uh, they couldn't provide us any motors. Honda couldn't provide us any motors. So we were really in a pickle. Thank God. Um, the NASCAR next gen car came along and made this whole ordeal for us become much easier. Now I want to clarify, we always had our sights on NASCAR. NASCAR was something that we always wanted to be part of and we eventually were going to get there. So, so it wasn't like it was a, a, a last hope type deal. We just did it a couple years before we planned on doing it. 
And what really made the deal happen was when the exhibition race happened at the LA Coliseum in July, or I'm sorry, in January of this past year, uh, the CEO of the Dignity Gold Company was watching it and he phoned me. He said, wow, are you watching this race on TV? I said, I said which one? He said, the NASCAR race. I said, no. So I turned it on and we watched it together and it was a fantastic race. You know, it was at the Coliseum and what impressed him was it took place at the UCLA Coliseum where he is, uh, uh, you know, where he's a, a football fan and a college college fan. So he says, he says to me, he says, Hey, let's, let's, can we get involved in NASCAR? Can we do this deal on NASCAR? I said, we can try, we can try. So with uh, the grace of God and some luck, we were able to put this together within a few weeks. And, and the people in NASCAR have been tremendous to us. They've helped us so much. Um, you know, they were there, they were there for us with, with the whole process and they helped expedite everything. So here we are. And, and now what's unique about it is, is the next gen car, um, is allowing this to go so much smoother because back in the old days, if you remember with the NASCARs, you had to have 30 cars, you know, your short track cars, your intermediate cars, your super speedway cars. Um, they're all steel body cars. So that caused two problems for us. One, we couldn't do a program like that based out of Chicago because all the suppliers were in North Carolina. And second, it would take us two years possibly three years just to build enough inventory to do to do what we're trying to do now. So the next gen made it so much easier for us. You know, we're going to be able to do these eight races this year, probably with one car. We're going to have two cars, but probably more than likely we're probably only going to use one and it's going to allow us to jump to this, to a full-time deal next year with Tarso um, where we'll probably just build a couple more cars going into next year. So it, it made it the next gen made it much easier. That's kind of our NASCAR, kind of our NASCAR story. So you've run everything in your career um, across the world and all different types of racing series from F1 to IndyCar. Why do you want to join into NASCAR? Has it been a dream of yours um, throughout your career? Uh, it's just like John said, you know, I, I, I did, a, I signed a contract with, with Dignity Gold, Tim Stang, for uh, an IndyCar program, you know, and honestly, we were not thinking, uh, we started the plan thinking about the IndyCar program. And then when all this happened and just, he, he just told us, uh, he called me immediately when he received that call from the CEO of, of Dignity Gold, he called me and and asked me what I what were 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 my my thoughts on that you know uh, on on doing a, a NASCAR program and I I said look I am more than happy to to join that you know uh, I drove almost everything in all kind of cars in my career and NASCAR is probably. Uh, one of the only ones that I, I did not drive yet, and and it was like like a dream, you know. I, I love the, the NASCAR race. I, I think uh, NASCAR race are the the coolest race in the world to to watch, especially especially to watch because of the the crashes and the and <laughs> the competitive. Like the fans love the 
they crashed. I know that, unfortunately for the drivers, but that's the truth. And so when Joe John said, "What do you think? Would you like to to do that?" and I said, "Absolutely, a hundred percent. I'm in on that." And and thank God that this opportunity came. And it's not like a, I wouldn't say, "Oh, it's a it's, it's a second choice because we were planning to do IndyCar." No. I think is is the opposite. I'm really really happy to be able to join NASCAR with Team Stank. So I think will be will be great for us. John, are you working with any other teams in NASCAR to get Team Stain Racing kind of off the ground to start? Or if not, um, what goes into building a kind of a new team from scratch? Well, to uh, to answer that honestly. Um, we really are doing everything from scratch. The, the good, you know, the good thing about this whole deal is you have to remember team staying, you know, started back in 2011 or 12 with, with the ARCA deals and the K&N deals and the testing driver and product deals. So, so we had a team in place. Um, and, and luckily we had some really good people in that team that are making this transition much, much more easier than if it was from scratch. So we're, so we're fortunate for that. Um, Dave Waltmeyer, who kind of handles and heads up all the performance side of things. Yeah. He's talking to a couple teams. We have one team that, that we're working, working with right now to kind of form a little bit of an alliance. I can't really say too much about it right now, just because of the way contracts and all that are, but we're going to, we're going to seek a little help from them this year, but more so probably for next year. Um, I think you guys will be pretty, pretty impressed with some of the announcements that we're going to be coming out with in the next few weeks in terms of personnel and in terms of, you know, teams we're working with and, and so forth. But no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a work in progress and um, thank God for the, the, the background and some of the people that I've had from team Stang racing when we, when we first started, you know, they're definitely, they're definitely, um, our, our angels right now, because um, it, it, this would not be possible with, without the guys that I have, like the Dave Waltmeyers, the Doug Knights, the Jim Hubergers, and, and so forth. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's, it's really a neat deal. Now with the, with the next gen car in the past, you know, when a team was coming in, they'd have to pull together all sorts of parts and probably have to buy secondhand from some teams. But now, with all the parts coming like brand new from the same manufacturers, it's the first year. There's not really secondhand parts. How, what, what does an alliance look like now where, you know, it's not as much sharing parts and like tricks with the car. Cause you can't really mess with the car anymore. What does that look like now? Well, well, basically the alliance right now is basically just more of an engineering partnership. Uh, you're absolutely right on the parts. You're, you have a list of parts that you have to buy parts are um, you know registered, so, you, so it's not like the old days where you're going to go buy used parts from Hendrick or RCR. Um, you know, you, you you everybody buys from the same place, and when the parts are used up, they're done. Uh, so that makes things much more competitive, and 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 puts everything on more of a level playing field, which is which is great. Um, so really, when you form an alliance, it's really you're really just kind of sharing data. You know, ex exchanging data, getting some help. You know, one car team like like ours can benefit with an alliance with somebody that might have three or four cars, 
So that's going to help. You know, we're going to have data from three or four that's going to help us with our program and, and hopefully get us up to speed a little bit quicker than if we were doing it all on our own. But with the next gen car too, you know, everybody's gathering data. So this is really a unique time for us to get involved because, you know, you, you think about this for a minute. When we go to the road courses, when we go to Sonoma, when, when we go to Road America, Mid-Ohio, this is our first time on that road course in a next-gen car. And it's also Stuart Haas, Hendrick, Childress. It's their first time in that road course, too. Um, so that makes things, you, you, you know, comfortable for us knowing that we're all showing up at the same time. So it's not like there's any unfair advantages on car setups and things like that. So it's not going to make it easy for us by any means, but it's going to make it doable for us is probably the, the better word to, to use. All right. So you've, I, I, I'm going to assume, but have you ever raced on an oval before and how do you plan on preparing for, for all the cup races that the team is scheduled to run this year? I mean, I, I run ovals uh, at Champ Cars, you know, I, I did like three seasons there, you know, some race of, uh, each season. So I run all, all kind of ovals, the, the small one, the middle, the, the big ovals. So I, of course, I, I, I have some experience on that. Uh, I can say, oh, it's a, a completely different car, but it's... At the same time, is a is some kind of car that I I'm used to. First of all, I have been driving in all my career. Even when I was not racing, I was doing testing and working on development of of some cars, especially cars like that, like looks like the the, the next gen car. So we have a series in Brazil that the cars looks very similar to to the next gen NASCAR and I do all the development as, as a driver. So I run also stock cars in Brazil, which is really competitive. And I run FAA GT. I run a touring car series also in, in another series in South America. So I have quite a, a big experience on this kind of car as well. But for sure, uh, NASCAR will be more particular, like some different things. I still I have to, to learn a lot uh, about the car, the way to drive the car, and I hope to, to make some, some good friends, some other drivers that they, they, can, they can help me. I think I have a lot to learn with them. You know, it's not because I, I drove Formula One one day or got some, some seasons in e-car that I, I can say, oh, I'm a, I'm a great driver. I know everything. No, I'm there. I will be there to, to learn with the team, uh, to learn as a driver. It's a completely different series, and I respect that. I respect all the drivers that I, are there, and I hope to, to learn as fast as I can. You know, Not just the ovals, but some tricks on the car for, for the road course as well. And... I think it's the same for the team. We we are building a team like a like a family, you know. So I'm really thankful to to John, to Digny Gold, and all the guys from the team because they, what John and Digny, they they made in such a, a short period. It's it's a miracle. I never seen 
in my life in motorsport something like that to to do a deal from scratch for a, a nascar team in like two or three weeks that's amazing so we know that's gonna be hard it's a, such a competitive series i think the most competitive in the world probably and uh, we know that we're gonna have a hard time but that what give us pushes more gives more motivation to to go forward and and do that you know to follow up on that uh, as i'm sure you guys know nascar has a relatively strict approval process for getting drivers especially in the cup series to race are you planning any truck or xfinity races to get you to get the team up to speed to get you tarso up to speed and, and approved and certified for for your first races john i think you or me whatever <laughs> we um we're you know we're going to be doing a lot of testing of course we have the uh we have a couple older arca cars that tarso is going to be testing to just get a feel for a, a 3500 pound car i know the next gen car is not that heavy but just to to get him a little familiar with with that tarso is also doing a lot of testing in brazil with uh, a stock car series over there or the or a, the gt sprint series that dignity gold sponsors He's, he's testing and developing a lot of cars over there, which those cars are very similar to the next gen, maybe in some ways, maybe a little more advanced. Um, we have a truck race that is scheduled to do, to do in Sonoma. That's on the list. Um, so we'll see, we'll see, maybe we can, with, with a little, with a little help, maybe can turn that race into a cup race, but, We'll see. We're still working on that, but um, but no, there's no doubt in my mind. Tarso will, will do very well. Um, you know, this is a, a challenge we're all doing. We're all kind of rolling the dice, uh, figuring he's going to do well in his first uh, his first race. And I have no doubt, and the, the team has no doubt. Uh, Dignity Gold's behind him 100, percent and uh, you know I'm behind him 100. percent So we're just going to go out there and do the best we can. And um, if we have to run the truck race in Sonoma, we'll run the truck race in Sonoma. Um, but I think with a lot of the testing and the pre-work we're doing, I think he's more than ready to hop into a cup car in Sonoma. So, but you're right. There is a strict approval process. And, um, you know, I respect that. Tarso respects that. But, um you know, there's some things NASCAR needs to do a little bit, maybe to change that approval process a little bit, just to make it make a little more sense than, than how it is right now. But we're going to abide by whatever rules we, we have to abide by. So you're running eight races this year. Um, what races are you looking forward to, though, and forward to in those eight? But also what races are you looking forward to next year? As you mentioned, you'll be running full time uh, next year as well. All of them. I really, I'm really excited. So I can, uh, not just for the race, but I, I can't wait to, to get in the car and, and try to, to do my, my first laps on the car to get the first impression of the car. So I'm, I'm really excited for that. Uh, for sure, some of the, the, the first ones we, of those eight that we, we're going to make are road course that I'm familiar from all my life, all my career. So 
some of the tracks, uh, Road America, that's supposed to be my first one. I already raced there in the car, so it's okay. But anyway, I, I don't think it's a problem to to run in some other road course that I, I don't know. So it's just a, it's, it's like all I did all my life. So when you go to, to a new track, you gotta learn it as fast as you can because you need to start to work in the car. And especially those competitive series that you don't have uh, such a, a long test time to, uh, to learn. So you gotta learn it fast. And of course, I am even more excited to, to run ovals. You know, every, everybody says, oh, on the road course, you can feel very comfortable, but the ovals is uh, maybe a bigger challenge. But, you know, I'm looking forward to that even more because it's more challenging. Like, uh, I can't wait to go for, to a place like uh, Daytona, for example that I saw that the first race was just amazing. I was dreaming, I wish I were there in the car, you know? Uh -huh. So I can't wait for my turn. <laughs> what, uh, for both of you, because, and you kind of already touched on this, but have there been any other challenges that the next gen car has given you or has it been, has it made the whole process easier? Well, um, so far the next gen car has made our entry to NASCAR so much easier. Um, next week, you know, we'll be starting, you know, getting parts in and, and, and actually touching the car and, and getting it ready to be built. So I'll tell you then, <laughs> ask me in a few weeks, and we'll, we'll tell you then, but so far so good. Um, and, and I, I honestly can't thank NASCAR enough. They have been so, so good with this whole process. They have helped, helped us every step of the way. Their people there are fantastic. Um, and without the next gen car and without people at NASCAR and without NASCAR's vision of what they're doing now, none of this would have been possible for us to do. And, um, you know, they, they made it possible for Dignity Gold and Team Stang Racing and Tarso to make the switch over here. So, uh, you know, aside from all the credit going to Dignity Gold for making this possible, we have to thank NASCAR for just working with us to give us this opportunity to, to run. We definitely couldn't have done it without their help. Team Stain Racing um, is also racing the Brazilian uh, GT Sprint races, as you mentioned earlier, and you guys won the first race last weekend. Take us through that decision to compete in that series and uh, finding immediate success in it. Well, you know, uh, I'll, I'll touch a little bit on it and Tarso can touch a little more on it. Actually that, that was, that series was something that was always very interesting to us going back, you know, uh, a while ago. And um, what, what was really nice about the series is it's a really, really fun series. It's a really, really cool series. If you watch the race that was put on YouTube that we won the other day, it's such an exciting race. Very interesting. I mean, it'll, it'll suck you into the TV. I mean, you, you won't, you won't get up. You, you're going to watch every bit of that race. The, the competition is great. The drivers are great. It's really a fun, fun series to watch. Um, Tarso, you know, has developed a lot of those cars and, and test drives a lot of those cars. So that was kind of our intro to that series. And that kind of helped us with the, um, you know, putting the deal together with dignity gold to sponsor that series. 
So it just made sense for us to, uh, to put a team over there when, when we did the thing with Dignity Gold. And it gives Team Stang Racing a commercial reach for other partnerships um, that are here in the U.S. that want to expand to South America and Brazil. It just gives us another opportunity to, to place, to place uh, sponsors. It also is great for Dignity Gold because it's a big market that they want to hit. And that's why they've chosen Brazil. And um, so it's just, it was, it was a, 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 great, a great decision we all made. And we're very happy with it, and, and we're, we're thrilled with it. We love it, and uh, we're probably just as excited about that deal and that series as we are with anything else we're involved with, you know? You've uh, mentioned Dignity Gold a lot in this, uh, in this interview. Can you talk us through, you know, your relationship with them, exactly what they do, and just the, how important that uh, relationship is for your race team? Well, Dignity Gold is a very important uh, you know, part of the race team. Uh, none of this could have been done at all without them. You know, they're our partner, they're our sponsor. Um, we have a very, very close relationship with Dignity Gold. You know, Tarso and I both and a couple other people in the background uh, of Team Stang Racing are very close to Dignity Gold. And um, Dignity Gold is a blockchain development company. Uh, I'm, I'm going to describe this to you the easiest way I can, because, you know, the crypto stuff, as you know, is pretty complicated, but basically Dignity Gold is a digital currency. Okay? It's a digital gold currency. So let's say you're a gold collector and you want to buy $2 million worth of gold. You know, to, to store your gold, you're going to need a vault. You're going to need security. You're going to need to move that across the country, wherever you bought it. So Dignity makes it easy by creating these tokens um, which are digital. So basically they minted 3 billion tokens and they backed it by $6 billion of gold in a vault that gave the tokens a value of $2. So now you have a gold token valued at $2. Okay. Um, and, and, and now if you're a gold collector, you may make $5 an ounce, over the next 50 years, you know, cause gold doesn't really move a lot. It goes up and down very little. So this is a great opportunity to give the gold collector an opportunity, an opportunity to make more money by with dignity, putting it on the Ethereum blockchain and entering the crypto world. So they're putting that token on the Ethereum blockchain in the crypto world to gain a little more value. Okay. Now as we're on the, around the crypto world now basically what dignity is they're the only crypto coin the only digital security that reports to the security in exchange okay they've they do that voluntarily nobody is asking them, nobody's telling them they do that so what they're doing is they're going on all these different exchanges the exchange in in uh, uh in in asia crypto sx you know, that's their first exchange. They did that for a few weeks. Then they moved to bitglobal.com, which is more Europe and all that stuff. So if you're an international citizen, if you live in Brazil, you live in Canada, you live in Mexico, you live in Europe, you can go buy and trade Dignity Gold daily. Now for the Americans, it still has to, it still has to report a few things, it still has to do a few filings. And then eventually it will go on the American exchanges, which, you know, will, will happen eventually. Um, and then, you know, everybody can, can, can buy and trade it when that happens. 
So that's, that's probably the best, uh, the best explanation I can give it. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's a really cool company. It's in the, the precious metals and gold category. It's in the crypto category and it's really, uh, it's really unique. It's, it's if you're a gold collector, it's great. Your crypto guy is great. Remember, if you're a crypto guy, it's the only token slash coin that's backed by gold. Think about that for a minute. Bitcoin's backed by air, by nothing. Can you believe that? They don't even have a corporate office. Um, Dignity Gold has a corporate office, has a phone number, and it's backed by something real, and that's gold. So that's got to give the investor a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, um, you know, uh, certainty, let's say. And, and a lot of confidence. So I expect, and, and uh, this is just my personal opinion, but I expect, you know, dignity to take off and uh, really change the crypto market. I think if we talk in a year from now, I think you're, you're going to be really excited about what dignity has done and become. And, and I think it's going to really shake up the crypto world. And that's just, that's just my opinion. So guys, keep in mind, you're both. You need to buy Dig and Gold too. <laughs> right, right. That's success on that. Let's put money on that and make much more money with it. Yep, you're right. You're right. Finally, what are your goals for this year? What do you want to prove to fans, to other teams, to, to anyone watching you guys enter into the sport of NASCAR? I well, think we, we, we are just two words. I think we, we have our... We are down to earth, you know, like we are really realistic. We know that it's it's really hard to be competitive in NASCAR and we are aware of that. So our main goal, of course, of course, we would love to be winning races, you know, but we know it's hard. So we need to go step by step. First thing is like build a team. That's a miracle that's it's happening in such a small time. Thank to to Dignity, thank to to John, to all the team, and a big thank also to to NASCAR that made a huge effort to to make that happen. And our first goal is to is to to qualify in the car. You know, now the the second step, first one to build a team and then qualify in the car, and then start to be competitive. So after a couple of race, uh, I will be able to tell you what's our go for, for the end of the season, you know, because just let's see where we, we're going to be on the first two or three races, and then we can start to, to plan or to have some uh, bigger goals on that. We, this year is like eight races to, to learn. We will work a lot, really hard to, to make uh, the best we can and, and to be stronger for, for, uh, a full program for next season. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Finally, as we're I, or quickly as we're running out of time here, where can we oh, find you guys on social media, uh, online, that kind of stuff? Wait a minute, Ethan, one more, one big important goal that, that we have to say is that um, we hope by the end of the year that we do a really good job getting the Dignity Gold brand out there and having all of the race fans and NASCAR and Brazil in the, in the sprint uh, GT sprint series all um, know who dignity gold is and I'll buy dignity gold. That's, that's, that's a, probably our main goal. So if we can do that, 
were successful. Oh, and win the championship in Brazil. Tarso says that's not as hard as he thinks we can get that done. To, to do that, we have good driver. <laughs> well, you, you won the first race, so, so that's pretty cool. All right, where can we find you? Where can our listeners find you online on social media? So I have an Instagram. I have my personal Instagram, Tarso Marks Official. Remember, official in Brazilian way, just one F, Tarso Marks, at Tarso Marks Official. My Twitter is Marcus Tarso. And we have also the, the page on Instagram, uh, Team Stang, at Team Stang. Uh, that's it. What else, John? I think, I think our Instagram is at Team Stang Racing and Twitter's Team Stang, right? Stang is just a Twitter. And yeah, of yeah. course, uh, Digny Gold. Digny Gold, the Instagram is at DigAU underline official. That's their Instagram. So but they, dig, dignitygold.com. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate you taking your time, as I'm sure many of our listeners uh, were like we were. We were completely surprised when you guys announced your entry into Cup this year. So it's been great getting to know a little bit more about your goals, your plans, what your team is all about. No, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Yes, uh, so do we. We really appreciate having you guys on. All right, coming up next on the Quick Pit Podcast, Connor and I will preview the racing at Atlanta Motor, Motor Speedway. Brand new reconfigured track. We have no idea what's going to happen. We're going to try and figure out, plus a fantasy segment with Eric. That's coming up next on the Quick Pit Podcast. Welcome back to the Equip It podcast for the third energy Connor, show energy where where we're here on the show Ethan watches <laughs> intros and outros and Connor makes them all great. Welcome to the third segment. Connor, when bang. you intro oh, a segment, when you intro a segment, you're like, "Welcome back to the Quick Pit podcast. I'm your host Connor, and you've made it to the third is you have to show more energy." Well, I I can kind of tone it down a little bit and say it right where you say it <laughs> wrong and say the wrong information. That's why here on the show, Ethan botches intros and outros and kind of makes them look great. Anyway, okay, so hold on, hold on. Out. We got to explain this, this like battle that we've got going on. Earlier today, we were we interviewed Mason Massey, who you'll hear next week, uh, Xfinity Series driver. So make sure you tune in for that. And when we were leaving, I was about to say, you know, how I, like, hey, come up next, we'll preview the race at and then I say the track. So I forgot halfway through. I remembered halfway through that this interview, Mason Massey, was not going up this week because we have, well, the interview you just heard um, with Team Stange. Thanks again to them coming on. That was phenomenal. Um, but so I halfway through, I completely blank, and you'll hear it next week. And Connor's been mocking me for it for, for a simple mistake. I mean – 
I, I recovered. It was fine. It sounded. You, no, 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 no. <laughs> you did not recover. You embarrassed us in front of him. It was horrible. It was the worst outro I've heard in any podcast. <laughs> Even the one that I kept making faces at you and you couldn't stop yes. laughing. It was no. four times worse than that. No. Terrible. All right, you know what? We're going to run a poll next week after uh, <laughs> next week's podcast, and we're going to ask what's been worse, that that outro that I did or your outro that then the second segment. I and could I, probably rig it to put the clips in the Twitter so they can listen to them. Yeah, and I will guarantee you that mine will be better than yours was. It, that was we're not going to talk about it anymore. It, it makes me just fun to throw up. Anyway, this weekend's race at Atlanta – the final ever Quick Trip 500. The sponsor is backing out of the sport. So it's been eight years with Quick Trip Quick Trip 500 being the sponsor. Um, but it's backing out after this year. But in it's Atlanta Motor Speedway in Hampton, Georgia, 325 laps, 500 miles on Fox at 3 o'clock on Sunday, March 20th. Qualifying will be the day before March 19th at 12.30 p.m. And for the first time this year, Besides Daytona, practice is not right before qualifying. Practice will be on Friday, March 18th, which is my birthday. Just saying, I want to DM me a little birthday. Happy oh, birthday. Good. Thank you. Happy. I was I, I forgot what day it was, and I didn't want to ask you. Oh, that's not, that's not, that's not, that's not great. Um, but, yeah, Friday, March 18th Some is my birthday. Some friend I am. So, so it will be fun to see uh, the cars going around the track on my birthday. But, as I said, it's located in Hampton, Georgia, built in 1960, but not really anymore because it's it's brand new paved. It is going to be the first race with the new pavement surface. Slight bank, banking changes around the track. It is going to be a mile, mile and a half, mile point four to be mile point five four to be exact. It is an intermediate track, but who knows how it's going to race? Is it going to race like a super speedway? Is it going to race like a traditional mile and a half? Caution speed will be 55, and I think going into this weekend, it's going to be a big question mark for everybody. How is the surface going to change the racing here at Atlanta? Yes, and I was actually – so I listened to Door Bumper Clear a lot, um, and they had Justin Allgaier on because uh, Door Bumper Clear is actually sponsoring Allgaier's race car at Dover this year, which is going to be pretty cool. Uh, might have to buy that diecast. Uh, there's only a few – Available, well, so I'm gonna have to jump on well, that. You're gonna see it in person, so you can always just get no, pictures. I won't because we're not going for the cup race, or we're going for the cup race, not the Xfinity oh, race. Oh, yeah, forgot that for a second. What a shame, anyway. But he said he actually he was talking a bit about the track because obviously it's this week and they wanted to get his opinion. He's run two tests there a tire test and also just a general, the general test they did for all three series at the track and he said nobody would leave the bottom line so we might be in for he said it's definitely in the xfinity car it is flat out and so i'm a little worried that this is going to be a throwback to the awful 550 races from last year it's going to be like that michigan race last year where nobody could pass and the draft was kind of there and kind of not not enough to build a pack not enough to let the leader break away and have normal racing. And it was just really, really, really weird uh, pseudo pack racing. 
uh, or, or pseudo drafting, and, and I'm worried that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and Connor text. Who who knows what's going to happen? That's that's the thing going into this race. Is it going to be a super speedway? Is it going to be a traditional mile and a half? It's a huge question mark. Will Harvick can be the same? You know, Kevin Harvick, you know, famous for riding the very bottom of the banking all the way around the track, you know, being right at that line. Is that even going to happen anymore? Who knows? And I, I, part of me wants it to be a super speedway because it'll be fun, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I hope it's either amazing or it, it, it had better not be mediocre. <laughs> uh, that's all I'm saying. It should either, I, I, I want it to either be truly awful so that they have to do something different and maybe they, let the, the high horsepower cars take off around that this brand new track. Cause if they put if they put the 670 cars on that banking that asphalt, it's gonna be fast. Like if, if this bombs and they have to come back this summer for the second race with the, the normal intermediate package, we could see 200 plus mile per hour race cars going into the corner. That would be so cool. I, I would love to see that. Yeah, Ethan with his one in every race car to be 210 miles per hour around every single track because he needs speeds to be up above what they were once. Um, yeah, but I mean, I listen. Time Atlanta now, used to be known as the fastest track on NASCAR, the fastest intermediate track on the NASCAR schedule. Now you barely, I mean, they barely cracked one 180 there last year. I mean, you, you, NASCAR should be a be, showcase. It used to be the quickest because it was paved and the pavement wasn't falling apart. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you put the new cars with the big engine, small spoiler on this track, you would have some wicked fast race cars and it would be super cool because they'd be going into the corner at like 210 miles an hour, flying around that place. It would be good racing too because there's no way you're getting through the corner full throttle at 210 miles an hour. Lots of lifting. Time will tell. Yeah, but uh, let, let's get into some drivers who have won here before a good amount. Of course, Kevin Harvick, known for being very good at this track, uh, known for Harvicking the bottom. I don't think you can do that anymore. We'll have to see if he tries it still. Uh, last year, Kurt Busch won a race, uh, his yearly win. Ryan Blaney won the spring race. Brad Kozlowski has a couple wins. And uh, Kyle Busch has a win. Denny Hamlin a win. Anybody else, Connor, that you're you're looking out for? I I can't tell you anymore because every car seems stolen. I'm going Tyler Reddick, Ross Chastain. I've, I'm looking out for those two guys this weekend. I think one of them. This is a good track for them to break through. I would honestly, the the guys that are sticking out to me is guys who have been good at these drafting type tracks. Um, because I think no matter what, we're going to have some sort of drafting, whether it's pack racing or whether it's 550 uh, or somewhere in between, like we saw at Michigan, like I talked about earlier. Um, I think we're going to see some sort of uh, the draft will be a big, big problem, big uh, factor, I guess, not problem. Well, it might be a problem. So because of that, I, I would look out for guys who are good at blocking like Joey Logano. Um, and Brad Kozlowski and uh, William Byron once again sticks out to me as someone who always is pretty good at the plate tracks, good at good at that kind of stuff. He had a great run at Michigan last year, which honestly, like I said earlier, 
what Michigan, if you go back and watch that race uh, at Michigan last summer, I think that's what this is going to look like. And Brad Kozlowski, uh, no, not, yeah, Brad was good. Austin Dillon, that was the race. He had a really good run. The Hendrick cars, it's, it's, I don't think this will be a parody race. Uh, this will be very much the big teams. Yep. All right, let's, uh, let's do picks before fantasy this week. So, Connor, I believe you picked first last week. So, yep. it doesn't really matter at this point, but I'm going to, to give my pick first, get series pick pulled up. I am going to go with Joey Logano for this race uh, just because I feel like the Fords have been fast. This is a good race to, to pick them for. Who's your pick? I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney. Um, another Ford for Penske, but for what's a fast car last week, I think he'll carry some momentum over and get a good win here at Atlanta uh, last so, year's winner. And series, pick, and series pick is a 99 car of Daniel Suarez. All right, sweet. And then Eric's pick, as we mentioned earlier, Brad Keselowski in the six car. His favorite driver he's picking again. He's already picked him twice this year. Um, has anyone – have we all – otherwise it's been – I will say I'm surprised Siri hasn't picked a dud yet. Yeah, she's been pretty good chances. We, we haven't had a Garrett Smithley pick for a while. Uh, one really weird uh, driver that you should watch out for, and this would be a big gamble, especially like in fantasy and such. But if it turns into a super speedway, look for um, Gregson and uh, David Reagan, who's in the 15 this week. Gregson's in the 16 uh, for colleague. And should it become a super speedway, it would be very interesting to see how they do. All right, let's throw it over to Eric for fantasy. That's coming up next on the Quick Pit Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the Quick Pit Podcast Fantasy Live segment of the show. As always, I'm your host, Eric. Welcome back to another great week of racing. We just came off a relatively average Phoenix race. Um, if you use my picks for, uh, for that race, you would have had a pretty good payday. Most of the drivers I uh, named out did pretty well, um, especially drivers like Ryan Blaney and... Um, there were a couple others who were in contention for that for that race, which I mentioned. So, including Kevin Harvick, which I also uh, also uh, gave a shout out to. So, um, Chase Briscoe actually ended up winning that race. Congratulations to him. He has definitely um, shown to be the best SHR car so far this season. Um, has been in contention for a lot of wins. I think it was inevitable for him to, to get one this season, and he got it maybe a lot earlier than some people expected. Um, I would not be surprised to see him get a couple more this season. Anyway, so we're on to Atlanta, which, as you guys may have heard, if you have not been living under a rock, is now technically a super speedway. We have no idea if that's how it's going to race, but that's what NASCAR has been trying to do with this track. They have been trying to turn it into a super speedway, and for that reason, it's really hard to predict who's going to be good here. Uh, we're going to take a look at the picks in just a second. I have looked over the res past results of uh, certain tracks you might not have expected me to look at to be able to determine how Atlanta is going to play out. Um, we're going to get that in one second. Before we do dive in depth into this track, I do want to give a shout out to our new Quick Pit Podcast Overall League Standings Leader, 
NGPGYT has overtaken Connor for first place in the league. He's currently leading him by three points. And um, the, your top three is NGPGYT, Connor, and Green Flag Fetish. Uh, Ethan has actually made up some pretty good ground after last week. Um, he's now up in, in, in the fight. And I have made a couple positions too. I still have a lot of catch up, catching up to do. But I'm in a better spot than I was at the start of the season. If I get a good break uh, at Atlanta, I might be able to get back in there. But we'll have to see. If you guys want to join the Quick Bit Podcast Fantasy League, go ahead and check out um, the links in the description of the podcast. I'm pretty sure Connor uh, and Ethan have put a... Uh, a, a code that you can use to join the league. Go ahead and check that out. Uh, go on NASCAR Fantasy Live on uh, Google. Search it up. Enter the league. It's going to be a lot of fun. You'll be uh, you'll be uh, quite behind in the points if you do join now, but it'll still be a lot of fun. So uh, make sure you do. Um, and yeah, we'll, 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 we would be glad to have you. All right, so let's get right into the picks now. So I have I have pulled up the results of two past of the past 10 races actually for two tracks for Daytona and for Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, the reason I've pulled it up uh, the stats for Daytona is because it's a super speedway track and um, if Atlanta will race similarly to Daytona and Talladega, it's a good uh, it's a good marker to get your uh, picks from. And I've also chosen Texas Motor Speedway because from what I have heard, um, from Alan Gustafson, who is uh, Chase Elliott's crew chief, it is very possible to for us to see uh, racing similar to Texas at the All-Star Race at Atlanta Motor Speedway this year. Um, take that as you will. I'm not sure if that's something I would necessarily be a fan of because Texas Motor Speedway has not been that great. So I hope they didn't Texify Atlanta. That would suck. Atlanta was, wasn't great for the past years, but it wasn't Texas, and um, we don't need another Texas. I hope it's not the case, but just in case, I do have the stats for Texas Motor Speedway pulled up. So, um, a couple of drivers I would uh, I would uh, take have into consideration here would be Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, and Kyle Busch. Um, I would also uh, take a close look at Brad Keselowski, who... Um, is always good at these low horsepower super speedway draft heavy tracks he almost won the texas all-star race last year he came in second so i will also take a look at him kevin harvick he's currently uh the winningest driver in the past 10 races at texas motor speedway and with the speed heart uh shr has shown and with the momentum coming off that top three finish actually it was a top five not a top three with that speed he has shown at phoenix last weekend I do expect him to slowly start picking it up again. So um, I would definitely have him in my lineups for the second time in a row in the NASCAR Fantasy Live. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Just have him in there. Yeah, he, he might be good here. I also mentioned Denny Hamlin, which is currently leading the wins category of the past 10 races at Daytona. He has two. Um... The only reason I'm saying this is because it's still very possible this track might play out just like how we've seen every restrictor plate race so far. Um, and just just in general, Denny Hamlin is a good, versatile driver. You can really make a case for him anywhere, so it would not hurt to have him in there. Ryan Blaney also really good at play tracks, and he has won at Atlanta before. And for this entire season, he has shown speed pretty much everywhere, so... I would say at this point of the season, he's a safe pick to pick to make. I would definitely have him in there. Joey Logano, also a great, great plate racer. 
Um, has had some good runs at Texas too. Um, has won the All-Star race there just a couple years ago. So um, that's another good pick. Uh, like I said, Brad Keselowski, uh, very, very good at the play tracks and at these low horsepower tracks like Texas Motor Speedway. He almost won the All-Star race last year. He was maybe just a couple laps away from, from getting to Kyle Larson. Uh, Kyle Busch has two wins at Texas Motor Speedway. He has not won at uh, Daytona in the last 10 races, but um, he's always, to an extent, in contention at the plate races. He, he doesn't always have to finish this to back this up, but he's always in contention at one point in the season. So I would definitely uh, consider having him in there. And uh, as, an, as a wildcard pick, I would say at this point in the season... Um, RCR has proven to be a very, very strong team. This might change, but at the moment, I would say they are definitely with the top dogs when it comes to speed. So I would uh, take a look at both Tyler Reddick and Austin Dillon for this race. I would also take a look at the Trackhouse cars, which you might be surprised to hear this. They're currently P4 in the team standings for the championship, for the owner championship. Uh, they're currently beating out Joe Gibbs Racing for that spot so uh, I hope this this success keeps on going for them that would be awesome to see so definitely have um, definitely have uh, the trackhouse cars in mind as a as a potential wild card slash dark horse pick some drivers I would stay away from would be Martin Truex Jr. just because um, I'm looking back to the past uh, races in past years with low horsepower at the mile and a half, and he has not shown speed at them. Um, he was better at, on the mile and a half when there was more horsepower and less downforce. In 2020, once in 2019, once they moved to that uh, higher horsepower, uh, sorry, lower horsepower, higher downforce package, he started to lag up behind a bit at those um, at those types of tracks, so I would not pick him. Plus, he hasn't shown much speed this season, which is concerning, but it's not someone I would look at. Kurt Busch, this seems like the type of track that he would randomly be good at, um, so I would also have him as a uh, as a wild uh, as a wild card pick. But um, Kurt, Kurt Busch can be pretty hit or miss, so this is, might be a risky pick to make. Once again, if you guys want to join the Quick Pit Podcast Fantasy League on NASCAR Fantasy Live, Ethan and Connor have a code for that in the description of the podcast episode. Go ahead and copy that and put it in to the website and join our league. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I also have a really special announcement to make. Starting next week, we're going to have about a 60-second segment of a fan pick where, where you have a random chance to be on the show and give your picks for that race weekend. We already have someone selected for Secret of the Americas, but get ready to make a pick for Richmond because we're going to open up sign up signing ups signing sign ups for that really soon so you can uh, get on the show and give your picks. So get ready for Richmond. Uh, start brainstorming your picks. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we love we love our fans. They they make this possible for us. So we would be, be glad to have you on the show. That's going to be it for me, guys, this week. Uh, I hope all my picks and all my predictions are going to help you out again. And uh, I'll see you all next week. Back to Connor and Ethan, and I'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. And we are back on the Quick Pit Podcast. Thank you so much to Eric for this week's segment. Um, I'm not entirely sure 
if we decide on starting the fan pick this week or not, so big thanks to the fan. <laughs> if, if we did that, I should have checked that before we started. But uh, if if not this week, then we'll start that next week. And, of course, you'll probably have seen or will see soon information on the Twitter about that, but should be pretty fun. All right, Connor, any final thoughts for this week's episode before we close it out? No, just another week here and uh, another week that I'm better at doing outros and intros than Ethan. Well, you want to prove that, Connor. Uh, hold on. We, we got to, of course, first promo all our, all our sponsors. Thank you once again to Washington on the Daily for partnering with us, uh, for giving us shout-outs on your Instagram. Go follow him. He's the top-growing Instagram fan page on Instagram. Follows the Washington Commanders. All the news every day. Every 15 minutes, there's a new post on his story with new updates and news from around the Commanders franchise. Maybe we can see news saying Dan Snyder got ousted pretty soon. But uh, go follow him at WSH on the daily on Instagram. Who else, Connor? Go use our promo code QUICKPIT, all capitals, no spaces, on CircleB.cast, plan to sell Get any order $20 or more for free shipping back to your house. Any merchandise you can think of, hats, hoodies, T-shirts, Diecast, anything, go check them out. Use promo code QuickPet. Like that uh, Gregson Phoenix raced win version. Mm-hmm. Connor, are you going to buy one of those eventually? I'll see. My collection over here on the table is kind of growing, so we'll see. Yep. All right. So, Connor, you can close it out this week. I will be nice and... Maybe I need maybe I need to take a break, go back down to the minors or something to just reset my outroing game because it has been struggling a little bit recently. At least you're willing to admit it. But thank you guys for listening to this week's show on the Quit Pit Podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy. Go share with your friends and family. It means a lot to us as we've seen the podcast grow a lot recently in the past couple of weeks. Go check out all of our sponsors that we just mentioned, and we'll see you guys next week for atlanta recap and another interview and a preview that's all coming up next week on the equipment podcast thanks for listening